0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, hey, good morning. It's good to see you in the house of God today. I don't know about you, but I needed that time in worship. I needed that time in worship today. It was beautiful. Thank you. Um, I want to let you know before we get into the Word, this week, this Wednesday, everybody say this Wednesday... This Wednesday we're having a leadership luncheon with my good friend, Mr. Mike Rovner. Some of you know Mike. Mike is a pastor. He's an elder in uh, in, in Authentic Church, uh, and he's actually a, an incredibly successful marketplace businessman. And so some of you have heard his story before. But Mike had a—he uh, was a drywaller. He had a small business, and and he got saved. And and uh, in addition uh, to his drywall business, he was very entrepreneurial. And he was a how would you say it in church a street pharmaceutical sales rep That would probably be a good way to say it (laughs) And then he, he was a drug dealer, so then he got saved And god did an incredible work in his life and one of the prayers that he prayed he said lord Anything in my life. That's not of you take it out And anything you want to put in my life put it in And the next day the dea raided his house (laughs) <laughs> but Mike and Janet put one foot in front of the other. They got an incredible testimony of what God's done. And uh, he started uh, growing in God and getting involved in his church. And he just started following biblical principles for managing his small business, doing drywall repair, to now it's the largest remodeling construction company in Southern California. They work with small clients that you've probably never heard of, like the Irvine Company and others, and do all their remodels, all their turns, etc. So it's a really incredible story. So uh, it, it, one of the things that I, I love doing is connecting people. And, and, and if I could connect you to somebody like Mike, a, a multimillionaire who's literally personally, he's led thousands of people to Jesus through the marketplace. If I could just connect you guys and you could have lunch together, that's essentially what we're doing on this coming Wednesday. So it's a Zoom call and uh, you can Zoom in, you can register, uh, I think on the bulletin there, there's a little QR code. You can go there in the church center app and you can register for that. It goes from 12 to 1230. And then Mike and I are going to talk back and forth, do a little Q and a session, and then he'll pray over you and we'll be done by 1245. So it still leaves you 15 minutes to have that lunch before you get back to work. So hope you can join us. It's going to be an awesome time. Well, again, welcome to Authentic Church if you're new here. You know, our vision, our, our vision, our prayer for you is that every time we gather, that this would be a house where people would encounter God. That every time that we get together, you encounter God. And one of the ways that you look at in the Bible, one of the ways that people encountered God, they actually encountered God through giving and through generosity. In fact, every time there was worship, there was a time of offerings. And uh, this Sunday for us as a church family is really really special. It's our it's our Legacy Sunday. And um the Legacy uh Sunday that we do, it's a special offering that we do every single year and it's all about reaching for what God is leading us to do in the coming year. So when you came in, you were hopefully given one of these cards, say Legacy Sunday. And on the back of it, there's just a few pieces of information. We we call them lanes of legacy, three lanes of legacy. So every year when you look in the Bible and you read Read through the story of God leading the children of Israel, every single year there would be special times where the leaders would come together. And it was actually three times a year they would come together to have a time of worship and a time of offerings. So likewise here at Authentic Church, we do the same. So at the beginning of the year, the first offering that we take up, that we send out, is to bless Israel. It comes from from an aspect of faith where God spoke to Abraham and he says, everybody that blesses you, I'm going to bless. And the children of Israel are the firstborn. So we joyfully sow seed into ministries that are impacting the children of Israel, that God's firstborn, with the message of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. And they're incredibly Effective, and we'll share more of that uh, after the first of the year, but that's the first offering that goes out. Then the second offering that we do at Authentic Church is in the fall, and that's uh, on our anniversary weekend, and that's really what the Bible would call a thank offering. That's just where we're coming before him, and we're saying, God, we just, we're so thankful and appreciative of all that you've done in our midst this year. God, we're just so grateful that you're sustaining and what you're doing for Authentic Church, and it's a time of thank offering for all he's done, and then our legacy offering is an offering for all he's going to do so there's three different lanes of legacy there there's an outreach AC outreach it's about reaching people that don't yet know Jesus then there's a building fund that's about making room for people that are coming to know Jesus and then there's a benevolence fund and that's about taking care of the family of God here in authentic church and our approach to generosity is just simply pray and obey like that's it it's really that simple we just lean into the Holy Spirit we pray we say Lord what would you have me give I call this place home, and so Lord, what, what lane of legacy would you have me sow seed into, and then get that number, and then we give it's literally that that easy and uh, over the last few weeks we've been uh, doing a, a sermon series on stewardship, and, and really it's, the heartbeat is that that stewardship is the key to unlocking supernatural provision. In your life. And I love this definition from Pastor Robert Morris, uh, who's been influential in our lives for many years, incredible man of God. He says, stewardship is the management of a property of another. And so some of the lessons that we've been talking about is, number one, God owns it all. So uh, God owns it all. So because God owns it all, it actually makes it really easy and fun to give because it's not mine, it's his. And then the other aspect is, I'm just a steward. So if I believe God owns it all, And I believe that I'm a steward, so whatever whatever he's placed into my hands, I'm to be a conduit of that. Now, sure, God wants to bless me, and he wants to bless you, and he wants you to be able to have finances to do fun stuff and take your family to the movies or go up to the mountains and go sledding. Like, God loves that kind of stuff. Like any good father loves to do for his kids, God loves to do that stuff. My wife and I, we were talking about budget stuff and the remainder of the year, and and I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I, I just like... I kind of go overboard when it comes to like making memories. Is there anybody else that's like that? You just, you have a budget. And then at some point you're just kind of like, ah, forget it. I just want to go make, you know, and it's so hard for me to live in the confines of the budget. And my wife, she is, um, she would call herself the string to my kite. (laughs) So, (laughs) so Fawn's like, honey, now remember the budget. We want to be good stewards. And I'm like, yes, I'd want to be a good steward of what we have, you know? And I, I'm the kind of, I, like, I'm, I, my ideas are always like a budget buster, you know? And then that's why Fawn and I are so good. So for some of you married people, you think you're the only ones that have challenges when it comes to talking about money. I, I just promise you, you're not. There's at least one other com- couple in Orange County that has challenges every once in a while when we talk about money, okay? So... But we know that God owns it all. We're, we're just simply stewards. And, and the goal of our lives, I think everybody in this room would agree, the goal of my life at the end of my life, at the end of my days, when I, all is said and done, and I pass from this life into the next, I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Is there anybody else <laughs> in the room today that would want to hear that? You know, the only time that that phrase is mentioned in the Bible, the only time... It's actually about how we manage God's money. Go look it up. It's from the parable of the talents. And, the only, and we quote that all the time. I just, well done, good and faithful servant, right? You just, you, you, we quote it at memorial services, you know, we're just like, you know, and today they're in the presence of God and they've heard those words, well done and good and faithful servant, right? We quote things like that, but the reality is the only ones of us that are going to hear that are those of us that were actually good stewards of his money. Not my talent for playing guitar or singing or leading my... No, no. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's about how I've handled his money. You can go look it up. And so it's really important for us because I know there's a lot of Christians when it comes to generosity. Like, Christians are the most generous people in the world. There was a recent, there was a recent uh, survey that was done by Barner Research, one of the leading research groups, and the survey uh, said that over 70% of... Uh, ph- philanthropy in the United States comes from Christians. Over seventy percent, like Christians, outgive and outperform uh, government programs. Other, you know, other five hundred one c threes that are doing great stuff, but the Christians continually above and beyond outperform those with generosity. Why? Because it's wired into us. Because when we receive Christ, what begins to happen as we become disciples of Jesus? Well, we become like him. We become like God. And when we're generous, generosity is a value of heaven that helps lead us in godliness. And so as a a church family, when we come together and we're generous, when you give you actually take on an attribute of God. That's why it's so fun when you're going out and you parents and friends, you know, uh, I know I know Kara's here and Kara, Kara boasts about being one of the best gift givers in her entire family. She's like, I know what they want and I go get it and I surprise them and they're always blown away. Like, there's so much fun, it's so much fun when you're going to the nth degree and picking out that present and you're going to wrap it all up and you make it really pretty. I, I'm the one, I don't know about you men, but I'm the one in the family that ends up wrapping all the presents. I don't. I just drew that straw because I was really, really good at it. I don't know if Fawn just faked it one day and was like, oh, my present looks bad under the tree. Yours looks good. Why don't you wrap them all, you know? That's okay because I paid her back. I said, oh, honey, you're really good at doing the diapers. I'm like, you can do them all. I'll do this one. But there's something so fun about going and getting that present, that one that, the mind-blowing one, right? Like the gold gift where you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to love this. I can't wait to see their face, you know? Like when, when you are living like that level, living to that degree of generosity, you literally have godliness that's flowing through you. And your heavenly father, he, he, like he loves it, like, he loves it. He loves seeing his kids giving and blessing. That's one of the reasons why the early church was so blessed, is you read about the early church, and they literally sold properties and land, and they just brought it to the church, and they said, anybody who needs it, just help them out. They're like, are you serious? They're like, yep, I, I just sold my house and the land. This, this thing that we're doing here, the, the kingdom of God, this message of Jesus, it's actually more important than all that stuff. And they're like, Wow, and it was so shocking because the church had never seen anything like that before. The Jewish church, like that was, that was foreign. To give all that you had to help those that are just in the community, like that's mind-blowing. And God so loved the world that he what? He, he gave. So as we give, we take on that trait and, the, and that godliness, and, and you, you, you begin to grow, and your faith muscles grow through it. And so Genesis 12-2 reminds us, says, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Why are we blessed? We're blessed to be a blessing. Like, you're, you're blessed, we're blessed, as a church family, we're blessed to be a blessing. And in the last year, it's been so cool because we've literally give, given away 20, over $20,000 since we started the church, we've given away over $20,000 to those that were in need in our church community. Like, how cool is that? Like helping pay gas and pay rent. And by the way, um, the Bible doesn't say that, that we're to take care of the lazy person. The lazy person needs to get up and go work. The Bible does tell us to take care of those that are going through financial hardships. And that's what our church family has done. And it's just so beautiful. So, um, and we and we give and we, we we live our lives not just for ourselves, but for others. And the reason we do that is because we know this is true, that life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you have lost a loved one or a friend, somebody close to you in the last two years, just raise your hands. Life is short. It never feels as short as when you lose a loved one. And eternity is real. Like there's gonna be one day where we're gonna go from this life into the next. And God's gonna say, what did you do with what I gave you? Because all the stuff that we do, is it, does it really matter to him? What matters? People. People matter most. So this morning, as we prepare for our, 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 our legacy offering this morning, I, I want to share with you an incredible story of supernatural provision. And it's found in the, uh, it's an incredible story in the Old Testament and First Kings, and we're going to go there in a second. And it's a story of uh, the prophet Elijah. And he goes and he declares, he prophesies, there's going to be no rain until I say it's going to rain. And a drought hits and then later on, the Lord sends him to the house of a widow. And there is supernatural provision for her and for the man of God. And I, I, I believe that this is the word of the Lord for us this morning as a church. So I'm going to pray. Let's all pray together. And let's just ask the Lord to, to speak in these moments that we have. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word is life. It's light. It's power. It directs me, challenges me, it corrects me. And Lord, I I pray, Father, that you would help me go past what I think I know and show me something new. Give me fresh revelation. God, I'm asking for fresh manna from heaven for all of us today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just fill this gathering. Thank you for insights and words and prophetic anointing in this place. And God, I thank you for giving downloads from heaven. us and for leading us on this Sunday, leading us in our generosity, leading us in our stewardship of our time, our our talents, our resources. And I pray that you would illuminate your scriptures today, God, as we we read through these passages of scripture, God, I pray that you would shine a fresh light on it. Even if we've read this story and we know this story and we've taught this story a hundred times, God, would you show us something new? I pray, Father, for a spirit of faith to rise. We just command any other spirit to go. The Holy Spirit is the only spirit that's welcome in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to dive into it. So this is the prophet Elijah. So sometimes people get confused. Is it Elijah or Elijah? Uh, so just, uh, just like this, here's a pro tip that will so help you out when you're trying to remember. J comes before SH. So Elijah was before Elijah, okay, so there's, I know, that may be the only thing you get from the sermon today, and it was, it was worth, it was worth the cost of admission, okay, (laughs) Elijah came first, so Elijah's a new prophet, and he's coming on the scene, and it's like, awesome, here's the prophet of God, we don't know much about him, but this is where his story kind of takes off. And the reason that he's in the Bible is because of what God does through this man here. It says in verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now, if there's not dew or rain, like that's another level of dryness. Like we, I lived for a season in Texas, and the winters were dry, and like our hands would crack because you know our kids were outside and inside and running around, and you 're always having your kids wash their hands and dry off and put lotion, and your hands would just crack, it was so dry, the air was so dry, and so there's no dew, there's no rain on these, these these years. and then verse two, then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, and it said, "All right, you, you said your word." Now, brother, you better run. Get away from here, all right? <laughs> Ahab's crazy. So get away. So the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. Everybody say the brook. I, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So you're going to drink from the brook and then I'm going to send ravens to feed you. Verse five, so he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and he stayed by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Why wasn't there rain in the land? Because he prophesied that there wouldn't be a rain. So he prophesied there's gonna be no rain, and then there's no rain. So I don't know that he was really that surprised to some degree that the brook dried up, but there were days where he went out, and the brook was at this level, and then he comes out the next day, and it's at this level, And he's like, Lord, you led me here. You told me to come to the brook and you're gonna feed me and the ravens, and then the next day the brooks at this level. Lord, I'm standing in faith. You told me to come to this place. And the brooks at this level and this level, and then suddenly the brook is dry. I could just imagine him going out those last few days where he's going, Like, I mean, I felt pretty good when you led me here, Lord, and every you know, there's no rain, but man, I got plenty of water. I felt pretty good about it when it was flowing but now I'm coming down and there's barely even a puddle for me to scoop the water out and drink it and like I'm I could just imagine him going in desperation cuz you need water right and it's there's no dew there there's not moisture in the air you know how you get in that cotton mouth feeling sometimes when you wake up in the morning you're like ha! I just need a glass of water, right? Imagine that, and there you are. And I could just picture him on his hands and knees licking because there's not enough water in the brook for him to get up with his hands, and, and he's down there, and he's trying to get as much as he can out of it. And Fawn and I, you know, we were at a service, kind of like today, like a, a Legacy Sunday, at our church uh, when we were, uh, we'd were we been married about three years, and, and we had been saving up money for uh, a house, so we were, we were renting uh, this little uh, uh, apartment. It was like a, a basement part of this guy's house and we're renting it out and, and we're just having fun and we thought, you know what? We should probably start saving for a house. That seems like a wise thing to do. And so we were saving up and we saved up $1,000 and we're like high-fiving each other. Like that took, for our income at that time, that took a lot of work, right? And we also had some debt from just some really, not so smart financial decisions that I made, not Fawn, just me. And so we're paying off our debt and we're saving up money for a house and, uh, and so we're, we're having the time of offering at the church, and it's kind of like a Legacy Sunday like this moment today. And, and during that time, um, and our pastor grilled into us, he just said, hey, you just pray and obey. Like, that's it's really that simple. When we do that as a church family, some people will be able to give more, some people less. It does, the amount doesn't matter. Obedience is what matters. We just pray and obey. And so, so we're sitting there in the service, and they said, all right, we're going to pray, and then we're just going to do whatever God tells us to do. And so we pray And immediately, I feel like we're supposed to give the $1,000 that we just saved up. Like, we just hit the mile marker of $1,000, right? And I feel like we were supposed to give it away. And I'm like, ooh. And so Fawn Fawn leans over to me. She's like, what do you think we should give? And I'm like, you tell me first. (laughs) Good leader, right? What do you want to do, babe? So so Fawn says, I feel like we're supposed to give the $1,000. And I'm like, huh. Me too. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, we got to get this money out of our bank account before I can think about it longer, because I'm going to, like, you know, I got to, I just got to operate in faith, you know? And so we we did that, and so poof, right? We sowed that seed. That was seed that we sowed into the church, and, and, and then a month go by, and a couple more months go by, and we, I'm like, where's the blessing, Lord? I'm thinking that we sowed a seed. I'm waiting for the rain to come, you know? And uh, and there's nothing, right? And so in, and we're looking at houses in faith. Like we're going and looking at houses and we get a call from somebody and they said, hey, we have this house. It's a townhome in this beautiful area. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I know where it's at. It's a really nice area. They're like, yeah, there's actually an income cap here. So we're looking to sell because we're buying a house, but it would be perfect for you and Fawn. You should come take a look at it. And I'm like, I mean, I know that area, it's really expensive. And they're like, no, 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 you don't know, there's a special program for the level of finances where you're at, I think you could get into this house. So we're like, okay, so we go over there, and sure enough, we go through the rigmarole and we we qualify. And it's like this special housing program around uh, in the middle of all these rich people in Bellevue, Washington, which, you know, Microsoft, Nintendo, Boeing, like Nordstrom's, all their headquarters are up there, right? And so, uh, so here's this, you know, beautiful, we're like, whoa, this is amazing. And I'm like, well, we don't have money for the down payment or the closing costs. So we pray, when you know somebody steps up and offers to pay for our closing costs and the down payment? Like, I'm like, what the heck? So we, we end up being able to buy this house. Now we're still paying off debt. And in a few months, Fawn was pregnant at that time, and in a few months, she was going to be having our daughter Brighton. Well, we were going from two incomes to one. Okay, if you've ever done that, man, that, that feels like you're jumping off a cliff financially. Like, you're like, oh, Lord, I hope you can catch me, right? And so we're going from two finances to one, and we're praying, and, and we, we, didn't know how, we, we didn't know how I was going to make it. I, we didn't know how we were going to do it, if I was going to need to get a new job or what have you. And, and, and so I'm looking around, and there's really not a whole lot of jobs that would pay me what we would need to make, and Fawn's income is going like this, you know. And, and so, you know, we're praying. And our faith declaration was, Fawn would say, I'm, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom and that was in her heart to do. And she never really had a desire for a career, so it wasn't me saying, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. All right. It was her. She really desired to be a stay-at-home mom. And so I said, okay. And I'm thinking, I have no idea how this is going to happen. Like, I just don't know. And I really like the income that she brings in for the family. It really helps, you know. And so, you know, we're praying. That's Fawn's declaration. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. We don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And another prayer that we prayed was that we were going to be debt-free by the time that our daughter was born. So here we are, we're moving into a house and we're doing things and, you know, and it's, you know, we're, we're eating like macaroni and cheese and top ramen, people, okay? You know, it's like, we're just, you know, we barely got in, right? And so we're going through that and it's the last week of Fawn working uh, at her job. Now, she worked, she was the reception, receptionist at a company that I was a, a director of sales and marketing for and so, and the owner was a really unique guy, and, and he's the kind of unique guy that would just go off the handle. He really liked to cuss and loved very colorful language. And he would literally, at the top of his lungs, if somebody crossed him wrong, he would yell at them, tell them, get out of my office, like, he, like that. Like he would just go ballistic. But for whatever reason, he like loved Fawn and I. We just had like crazy favor with this dude. And he loved us. And, and so uh, just by the grace of God. And so he, he's, he's kind of like the raven, where it's like the raven, like the dirty bird, like the one that doesn't love Jesus, like the raven is going to bring me meat and bread. Like, I don't understand that. And I, I don't know that I can touch something that's not clean because it's from a raven. But the Lord provided to Elijah through something way out of bounds for what he would have done as a prophet of God. But the ravens come, and they bring provisions. So this guy that I'm working for, one day, it's the last day of Fawn working there, he walks past my desk and throws an envelope and kind of winks, and he says, that's for your baby. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks, you know. And I open the envelope. Now, remember the math. I just want to help you really quick. We, we, we got into this house by the skin of our teeth. We're living on Top Ramen and mac and cheese and everything else. And we have about, at this time, we had paid down our debt. We had just a little under $9,000 worth of, of debt left to pay off. And our faith declaration is that Fawn is going to be able to stay home. Our faith declaration is that we're going to be out of debt by the time the baby comes. This is literally a few weeks before my daughter is born. Fawn's last day in some raven drops a check off for us. And I opened the envelope, and the check was for $10 thousand dollars ten thousand dollars I sowed a seed a year earlier in an offering based on what the obedience of the word of the Lord was to us and I remember when the Lord asked me to give that I was like Lord that's all I have and he said well that's all I'm asking for <laughs> I'm like but it's my down payment on my house you know <laughs> and, and it, was just, it was just that saying yes to God. And then here we are, a year later, and this happens. So we had a check for ten thousand. You can do the math. We tithed the thousand dollars. We had nine thousand left. We were able to pay off our debt and go into Fawn having our daughter Brighton debt free. And it was just an incredible miracle story of God. And I'm I'm telling you, like there's Stories like that, you don't know everybody in the room. I know a lot of you in the room. And I know that there's stories like that all throughout this room of how you got your house and how God promoted you and helped you start your business and what God's doing. Like there's stories all through this house. Why? Because there's that release of generosity, believing that he owns it all and I'm just the steward. And the Lord dropped this saying into my spirit the other day. The storehouse of supernatural increase is located at the intersection, the cross streets... Of stewardship and generosity, the storehouse of supernatural increase is located at the intersection of stewardship and generosity. Some people are incredibly generous, and they're like scratching their heads, going, "Gosh, you know," and, and they can almost get offended at God, like they're feeling like God, I've given so much, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't reaped anything. I feel like I've just sowed and I haven't reaped. My question would be, how is your stewardship? Because he's called us to be good and faithful stewards. And part of the nature of God is if we're not good stewards of what he's given us, he's not going to give us much more to steward over because we haven't been faithful in the little. Do you follow me? Right? So that's why it's so important that, yes, catch the vision for generosity. Absolutely. But catch the vision for being a good steward, what you have. If you're a good steward with where you're at, with what you got, God adds to it, and you can be more of a blessing to those that you come across. All right. Generosity, by the way. If you're just generous and you don't have stewardship, you're not going to have much more. If you just have good stewardship but you're not generous, you're just the guy that's the tightwad that always says, no, 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 right? You're saving for a rainy day, and that rainy day never comes. All right, so back to the back story, uh, Back to the story. The brook dries up. So Elijah's there. The brook dries up. Why does the brook dry up? Because he prophesied that there's going to be a famine in the land. So 1 Kings 17, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, All right, Elijah, now it's time to get up and go. I want you to arise, and I want you to go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Talk about humbling. I'm, I'm not going to send you to the wealthy family down the street that has five cars and has two refrigerators plus a freezer in the garage and has a bunker that they've, you know, outfitted with tons of guns and ammo and like five-year supply of dried food, right? No, no I'm, I'm going to actually send you, Elijah, not to the wealthy. I'm actually going to send you to the widow. I'm going to send you down to the widow. I pr- I'm commanding her to provide for you. So Elijah, what does he do? He's obedient to the Lord. He arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, just as God said, a widow was there and she's gathering sticks. So he sees, he notices, finds out she's a widow and he calls to her and he says, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. <laughs> so the brook dried up. There's no dew. He's got cotton mouth. He's been walking. He's been traveling down the hillside. He comes down to this area. He finds the widow. The brother's thirsty, and he says, can you just get me a cup of water, please, right? And so as she was going to get it, verse 11, he called her, so as she's walking away, and he says, and can you please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand? Not much. He's just asking for a morsel of bread, He's not asking for a loaf. He's not asking for a big thing of challah bread. He's, he's just saying, do you just have a morsel, just something that I can just kind of feed, my, feed myself with? And so she says to him, she says, as the Lord your God lives, I, I, don't, I don't have any bread. In fact, I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And I'm actually just gathering a couple of sticks and I'm going to go in, and I'm, I'm going to prepare it for myself and my son, and we're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. So she's, she's afraid. She's at the end of her proverbial financial rope. She's like, I, I'm going to get you a cup of water. And then he says, and, and a little morsel of bread. And she's, I could just imagine her feeling kind of like, okay, let me be honest with you. Here's where I'm at financially. Like, I'm beyond broke. I, I, we just have a little bit of flour. I literally have a little bit of oil. And I was getting these sticks because I'm going to go back to the house and I'm literally making the last supper for my, my son and I. And that's it. I'm like, that's all I have. That's it. So she, she's, she, she's, she's gassed, man. She just, she's out of gas. Maybe her faith feels like it's, it's run dry. There's a famine. She's probably seen people die. She's seen families lose their children because there wasn't enough to eat. Like, like it's desperate times, right? And she's afraid. How do we know she's afraid? Because verse 13, what does Elijah say to her? He says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward make some for yourself and your son. Now here's the word of the Lord. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, verse 14, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So, the, so in other words, he's saying, look, I I recognize that you're planning on doing what you're doing, but let me give the word of the Lord to you. The word of the Lord trumps what you see in the physical because it's supernatural. The word of the Lord speaks a better way. The word of the Lord does not negate, it doesn't It doesn't agree, lock arms with what's happening that I see in the physical. The word of the Lord brings the supernatural into that environment. So she went away, Verse f- verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she... And he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor, the, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord. It was the word of the Lord spoken through Elijah. Elijah was just the messenger. But it was the word of the Lord to her for her situation. God said, I'm gonna provide. I'm gonna provide. I, I know it doesn't look like, I'm gonna provide. I know you can't see it right now, I'm gonna provide. I know you feel like it's the bottom of the ninth, the bases are loaded, and and, and nobody's coming up to the plate that has any finesse, but I'm telling you, I can swing a bat, and I'm gonna come in, and I'm gonna actually pinch hit for you in this moment, and I'm gonna knock this one out of the park, and I'm gonna win the game. I know it looks desperate, but I'm coming to your house, and I'm gonna bring supernatural provision like you never have experienced. This is the first time that we see something like this happening in the Bible, and, and the Lord brings it to who? He brings it to the seemingly insignificant one, a widow. We don't know her situation. We don't know how her husband died. We, we don't know what's gone on in her life. We don't know much about her except that she's got a son that she's gonna make food for. And, and she's got a household. So there's other people that are involved and maybe there's a group of families that have kind of rallied together like they do in desperate times. And because she had a, a residence. they all kind of started coming and staying on her couch and in her guest room and, and using her stuff and she's done the best she could to help care for the household. But now she's down to the last little bit and she said, as much as I love the rest of y'all, I'm just going to make something for my son and I and, and then we're going to die. But the Lord had other plans for her. She chose faith over fear. So questions. So obviously we know The brook dried up. Well, why did the brook dry up? We know because Elijah had said, There's not going to be rain, right? And during that time, when the brook dried up, the man of God, despite his incredible faith, he needed to be reminded the brook is not your provision, the ravens are not your provision, I'm your provider. No matter, it's not like you just have this one mountaintop experience, and then you're just living like a king for the rest of your days. I'm telling you, there's going to be seasons of mountains and valleys in your finances, and there are times where God is going to allow the brook to dry up that once was once a miraculous provision. God's going to leave you to another supernatural miraculous provision, and you didn't even see it coming. God wants to remind us today that the brook is not your provider. The raven's the dirty birds, are not your provider. God is saying, I alone am your provider. I'm going to take care of you. I got you. No matter what's happening on in the world around you, I got you. The children of Israel, they lived that story, right? You remember the story when they are uh, slaves in Egypt, and it was it was dark, in Egypt, but it was light in Goshen. There was a famine in the land, but they were still able to eat. There was different things that happened in that land that caused pestilence in other households, but it didn't touch their household. I want to declare the word over you today, and if you partner with it, I believe that supernatural provision will come to your life and your family. So why did God send Elijah to her? Think about it. There had to have been plenty of people that had storehouses, God could have provided, he could have sent them to the, the wealthy family in the neighborhood, right? He could have sent them to the rich ones that had the warehouses full of food and flour, and they had goats and whatever, and they had, they had done their part, and they were like the super preppers, so they prepped up, and they had water stored in their bins and all that, right? He could have sent them to that, but he sends Elijah to the widow. Why the widow? What about the widow was so attractive? There was plenty of other people that could f- feed the prophet, You know, in times of fear, uh, our our good friend uh, Nicole is up here in the front row, and she's a counselor, and in times of fear, she will tell you as a counselor, when you go through fear times, times of fear where you're just overwhelmed, instinct is going to kick in. You're going to revert back to some things, and so the goal is that we help to change the root of those things and address that fear so that you don't fall back into that old pattern, right? So times of fear kicked in. Was the woman afraid? Yes, because Elijah told her, don't be afraid. (laughs) Right? The biggest command, the most commands in the Bible are saying, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Right? And so so we know that she was afraid, yet despite the fear, there is an instinctive response to obey the word of the Lord. And God sends the prophet to a woman. We're saying, yes, yes to what God said, trumped the fear. That she was, I would have to imagine, a fairly generous person. If her first instinct, when a, if she's making her last meal and she's going out to gather sticks and the prophet of God comes up and says, can I have water? And she's like, no problem, let me go get it. That's a generous person. God could have sent the prophet to anybody, but he chose to send the prophet to her house. I'm telling you, there's provision from God and he's going through Orange County and he's looking for the people like the widow. Those that are, their first instinct is gonna be, I'm gonna respond to the word of the Lord. I'm gonna respond to whatever God tells me to do. I mean, at the root of it, like when you think about like, you know, they like, we're here on the college campus and I've done a lot of ministry with college students and interns and young adults through life. And one of the questions they always seem to ask is like, God, what do you want me to do? <laughs> right? You remember being there? It's like, God, what do you want me to do? I don't, I, feel, I just want to do what you want me to do, God, but I don't know what you want me to do. You know, but what, what do you want me to do, God? And if you're just faithful with what he's placed in your hand, he's going to sow what's in your heart and that those, those things that he's called you to, he's gonna, he's gonna show those, and all you have to do is respond, and it's just simply praying, and then you obey, whatever it is that he tells you to do. So in the middle of the widow's fear, instinct kicks in, and she says yes, because she was a giver. Because she was generous, because that was her instinctive reaction God comes to her house and blesses her. And I just wonder, like, how many houses, (laughs) how many houses did the prophet walk past? Like, how many streets did he go down and he go, nope, I don't feel like it's that one. Um, Nope, not this one. Ah, there's the widow. Like, how many people did he look, like, and because of her generous spirit, because her instinctive reaction was to obey God, the voice of God, to obey the leading of God. God shows up and blessed her. Stewardship and generosity are the keys to supernatural provision. So I'm saying this over you. God is looking. He's looking for individuals. He's going to visit houses, businesses, families in this next season ahead. And he wants to bless you. He wants, he's looking for people. He's going to send people into your lives that you never thought you would have relationships with. There's going to be supernatural open doors where you're like, I don't even know how I secured this account. There's going to be job opportunities where it's like, you walk in and you say yes, no matter what they offer you, and you receive promotion after promotion after promotion because the Lord is the one who promotes. There's going to be moments where you're going to look back in six months And you're going to go, wow, God, look at what you did. You came to my house. You supernaturally provided for me and my family. And then what's our response? Our response is to give him thanks and praise. Our response is to worship. Like he loves blessing his kids. And the reason he he loves blessing his kids is no different than why you love blessing your kids. Because you love them. It's just because he loves you. Like, you don't have to do anything for his life. He just loves you. Like, he's crazy about you. Your picture's on his fridge. (laughs) You know, like, like he, he loves you. Like, he really cares for you. And he's encouraging us today. Don't let the fears of what's going on in the world around you dictate your response to the word of the Lord that he's giving to you. And, and I just want to encourage you. I believe, honestly, one of the gifts that God is giving to our church is some really wild divine relationships. And, and, and what, one of the things that I've always loved is people that God's brought into my world is bringing other people to meet those people. And, and so I, that's why I really, I really want to encourage you this Wednesday, please join us for the leadership luncheon. If I could organize a meal where you could sit down one-on-one with a guy like Mike Rovner who's led thousands of people to Jesus, who's literally built ministries and, and funded ministers and planted churches. I mean, the guy's got a wealth of knowledge. Like, you have the opportunity to be able to receive from him. If you could pull up the chair to the table and have a lunch with that guy, like, I'm telling you, it'd be well worth your time. So I'm, don't, don't, don't come for my sake, really, come for your sake. I really believe you'll be blessed. So the leadership luncheon this week. So all to say, God is coming to your house, God is coming to your business and your finances in this season. And when we, when we have an act of generosity, we give. When we have a habit of generosity, we become a giver. The widow was a giver, right? So I'm gonna have the band come up uh, and join me and you can just play something softly. And, um, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share with you some of the different aspects of the Lanes of Legacy. And then we're going to pray, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what would you have me give? And we're just going to be obedient to that. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about the Lanes of Legacy. And the first one is AC Outreach. Uh, AC Outreach, it's it's really all about reaching people who have yet to encounter God, people that don't know Jesus. And so in this Lane of Legacy, it's a, it's a, it's a specific fund For those of you uh, that understand budgeting terms and funds and everything like that it's a specific fund in the budget is ac outreach and ac outreach is is all the monies are going to help us communicate the gospel to people that aren't sitting here in the pews people that aren't sitting in the building it's about connecting with ministries that are doing missions work. So some of it will go to different missions organizations that are doing amazing work, like right here in our own backyard, working with the homeless, working with single moms, working with rehab facilities. It's going to go to that. We also have some pretty cool ideas for uh, sharing the gospel and different social media campaigns. And, uh, and, and really the heartbeat behind that is, and I know that there's some some in the room that are like anti-social media and, and Instagram or what. and I get that. I get that. And, and and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of there. But how many of you know there's a lot of people that need Jesus that spend their life on those platforms, right? So what if we could curate content where we're sharing the gospel of Jesus in a way on their device where they're consuming lots of content that's worthless, that they could receive something that's more precious than anything they'll receive in their lives. And so this fund is gonna help us with that. We have some cool ideas for some stuff leading up to Resurrection Sunday um, that we're gonna do with that outreach fund, but um, so if you, if you give to that, all those monies will be used towards reaching people that are outside of our our, our church family at this time. The second one is the building fund. The building fund, this is something that we've had going um, for the last year and a half. The monies in the building fund go towards preparing a place for the future family of God. Uh, Transparency, we were able to secure Needham Chapel where we're sitting right now. We secured it in September and they only gave us nine months. We feel that it was prophetic that they only agreed to a nine-month lease at that time because God wanted to birth something, and so and God is birthing something, and so we they've agreed to us for nine months. Uh, they may extend it, or we may move and get a new lease, or buy a building, or maybe there's a church that wants to. Come under what God's doing at Authentic, and maybe they have a building and they're just passing the baton on to the next generation. Regardless, if we're given a building, buy a building, rent a building, or even if we stay here, regardless, there's monies that'll be set aside so that the future home of Authentic Church, whether it's leasing or buying, we're gonna have to do renovations at some point. There's gonna be TI costs, tenant improvement costs. There's gonna be something we're gonna do. So all the monies in the building fund get set aside in the budget to prepare for the expanding family and where God would lead us. The third area, uh, or actually we'll go through, Let me. I'll show you a few of the pictures of some, this is just some artistic renderings that we did with, uh, from an architecture standpoint. So that's like, just like a dream idea. That's just a cool church that I, I just thought, man, that's a cool vibe and we put our name on it so we stole it from them. This is like a dream like lobby area coffee so for anybody that serves at the coffee station at authentic church like this will be a whole lot nicer and warmer on the cold days but um but just a fun kind of hangout our goal would be that wherever we go that it's not just the place that we go on sunday I, I think it's a travesty when churches have incredible buildings and it's only used on a Sunday. What if God could do things all throughout the week? What if we could have coffee shop? What, what if we could have after-school programs? What, what if we could do entrepreneurial uh, and teach young business people and young people how to own their own business and operate it? What if we could do marriage and family counseling there? like, There's so much you could do when you have a building where it's not just our Sunday morning gathering. So that's a cool spot. That's kind of like a dream interior. We just threw it up there just to kind of paint the picture of vision of some things that we get excited about. All right. And the next one is benevolence. And benevolence is really the fund is set aside to help the family of God here in Authentic Church. And we have a, a benevolence process, just so you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's not up to any one person. It's what the elders have agreed to. There's a benevolence approval process so that those that are going through some hard times, and man, if you've been living for over 20 years, I'm guaranteeing that you have gone through some tough times financially before where you just needed a few hundred dollars or $500 or maybe a $1,000 just to bridge the gap when you started a new job or you got laid off or, man, Christmas is coming or you don't have groceries and you need gas. The reason this is close to my heart is because Fawn and I, after we moved into that house that was such a blessing and we're eating Top Ramen and macaroni and cheese, we went through a season where, where the market fell out in 08, in 09, we felt the ripple effects. And then we went from a place where we were making incredible money to suddenly we're making no money. And I started a company, but the sales aren't coming in. And I remember I had a, a month where I literally made less than $250. And after I tithe, I'm like, why am I even tithing right now? And the Lord reminded me because it's an act of obedience. And so I, I, I tithe, and it's like, well, what's 25 bucks? I mean, out of two, you know. and the Lord supernaturally provided for us through the benevolence fund at our church. So we're the recipients. So it's our joy to pay that forward in providing a robust benevolence fund to help the family of God when bumps come all year long, we want to be in a place where we can meet the needs within our community. We're not called to help everybody that's in Orange County, but for the people of our community, and there's an approval process for it, we want to be hands and feet. We want to be right there to help them get through that financial hardship time. Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And for us at Authentic Church, You know, generosity is one of our core values. We say it this way. We live open-handed. We believe that everything belongs to God, so we cheerfully give and steward our time, talents, and resources accordingly. Genesis 8.22 reminds us there is seed time and harvest time, right? As long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and there's harvest time. There's seeds that are being sown today. I believe in this offering. Many of you are going to see a harvest in the next six months and it's not going to make sense there's it's not like x plus y equals z you're literally going to look up and you're going to be like there is no way that that offering that i gave in december led me to this incredible blessing that's mind-blowing that's like 10 times what i sowed and the lord loves to blow the minds of his people galatians 6 7 so don't be deceived god is not going to be mocked for whatever one sows you're also going to reap some people quote that in the negative sense they're like well when you sow what you sowed in that negativity, now you're reaping it. No, no, no. Think about it in the positive sense. What you sow, you're going to reap. God's not going to be mocked. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11. This is my prayer for you. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Why? so that you'll be enriched in every way that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So a few few points and I'm just going to pastor you in this moment. I'm going to share with you the way that I would share with my kids, okay? Satan's not going to tell you to give a big amount. He's not going to tell you to give any amount. So if you're wondering, I feel to give, that's the Lord. Okay, Satan's not going to tell you to give. God's going to tell you to give. If you're married, and this is just a, a pro tip for married people, if one of you has a different number, give the lesser of the two. Some would say, whoa, give the lesser of the two? Yeah, if you're married, give the lesser of the two. You can always give more later. So if in this moment you feel you got different numbers, maturity, wisdom would say for your marriage, Just give the lesser of the two. And then tonight and throughout the week, you just pray. And if the Lord is going to speak to you and remind you, he's faithful, like the Holy Spirit, like his job, he's got a job description that is your counselor. So he wants to financially counsel you. He's going to give you financial wisdom. So he's going to tell you if that's really from him. And then you just respond and you sow the seed. But we're just going to pray right now. And the worship team is going to worship. And you have those envelopes when you walked in and on the envelopes. On the inside there's those different three different fronts. So all we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray. And we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us and lead us. All right? Amen. So let's pray. God, I thank you that we have been blessed to be a blessing. I thank you that it all belongs to you. Everything that we have in our life is from you. The bed we sleep in, the car we drove to get here is from you. I thank you, Lord God, that clothes on our back are from you. That our our life is a gift. From you and God we're just asking you today holy Spirit with these lanes of legacy that you've that you've placed in this house for us to reach for in the coming year holy Spirit just speak to us and tell us what we're to give and to which lane of these this this offering that we should give into you to, just write it down. God, we thank you that you're faithful. We can trust you. We Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to give in the envelopes that are there, you're more than welcome to use those. Um, the different ways that you can give, it's pretty simple. You can text the word Authentic OC to 77977. This is in your bulletins as well. I think it's on the bottom left side of the inside of your bulletin. There's an area that has giving, or the bottom right side, excuse me. You just text the word Authentic OC to 77977, and you can give online. You can go to the website, authenticoc.com forward slash give, or via the offering boxes in the envelope. I want to encourage you if you're sowing a seed today expect a harvest if you're sowing a seed into outreach expect a harvest of souls in this house if you're given to the building fund then begin to pray and expect god to bring us a bigger building if you're given to benevolence and begin to pray for those that are in need that every single need that they have in their life is going to be met, their rent's going to be paid, their mortgage is paid, their gas is going to begin to pray in alignment with those three areas why don't we just go ahead and stand together and we'll sing this as we close out today and I'm going to pray a blessing over you and and over this offering for more information on Authentic Church visit us online at AuthenticOC.com